Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire? running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to the last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You um, are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. We are closing out Pride Month with a fabulous man who's a dear friend, Aaron Stewart, who did work for Martha Stewart, though they're not related. They are not related, but I'm sure that was very confusing. Yes, exactly. He moved from Kansas. He clicked his heels and went into the design business, had his own company. He did right out of college. Right out of college, then worked for Martha Stewart. Learned a lot of stuff. Cut his little teeth on that company. That's, and he met the March. And he met the March. 20 and years yes, ago. 20. Not to age you both. Yes. And we're dear friends. When you're both 7 and 10. Yes. And he's done a lot of life changes. He packed up his bags, moved to Puerto Rico with his husband, left the States, started a company there. But he also just started another company during the pandemic. So I think he's very inspirational. He is. And he's so fun and so creative and... I think that everyone could learn a lot. And you know what? It's about resilience, and he's amazing, and he's funny, and I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast because I think it's inspirational for anybody who wants to start their own business, reinvent themselves, take a leap of faith. So, hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. First of all, we're so excited. We have Aaron Stewart here, founder yeah. and president of Corticoco. Which is right here. Right here. Ooh. Loving the product placement. Yes. I mean, one of my dear friends. I've known her for over 20 years, or as I like to say, three faces ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's known me three faces ago, exactly. Oh, and, I just, and I just keep getting younger, <laughs> which is a miracle of modern science. And I mean, listen, you've had so many career changes. And I thought you were going to say, you've had so many plastic surgeries. <laughs> Oh, my God. You weren't supposed to tell anyone. I know. From Kansas to Martha Stewart to Stuart Rodriguez, your own stores, your own company, and then now to Puerto Coco, you're living in Puerto Rico. Yes, yes. Living the life. You have so many things. I mean, come on, Aaron. You've reinvented yourself so many times, and you're, you're really living the dream, and I think you're so inspirational, and it, it's very exciting, and you're a, you're our last man uh, standing during Pride Month. That's it, closing out the month. Closing out the month. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on, ladies. I've been trying to get on this podcast since it began, and uh, <laughs> Lexi said somebody canceled, so she. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I can be on it. <laughs> no, we stop. Maybe. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, only kidding. So wait a minute, Aaron. Yes. Serious. When did you realize that you wanted to be in design? You knew you were a creative little genius. Was there any time when you were a little boy, when you were wearing your mother's high heels? Like, when did you realize? <laughs> no, you know what? So the fun. here's the funny thing. So I'm born and raised in Kansas. Both of my grandparents lived in Western Kansas. You know, we lived in like Wichita and 
outside of Kansas City, but spent, you know, much of my time as when you're younger, you spend tons of time with your grandparents. Um, and I, my my mother's mother, she never traveled anywhere, but she read every magazine. She had, every, like, she had, you know, Vogue, El Decor, L, W. She had, like, since I was a kid, she had every magazine. So she was the one who really inspired me. And, like, I learned about the world through all of her magazines. So every time we would go there, I'd just be, like, going through them and reading and, you know, London and Paris and you know at that time Dallas was a big fashion center and Ooh. New York and all of the, you know all of these places I was like oh my god so I really you know from a young age I was really enjoyed design I enjoyed at that time it was more about clothing and like really being creative and making things out of like nothing um and just really trying to think I, you know, I always thought very big, even as a small kid. I mean, I remember when, like, literally, like, six, seven years old, riding my bike at my grandparents and just thinking, like, there has to be more than, like, you know, the neighbors are 20 miles away and I'm riding on this, like, country road. And I'm like, there has to be more. Like, there has to be more to the world than this. And um, lo and behold, here I am. You clicked, you clicked your, you clicked your heels. You and I said, get heels. me the hell out of Kansas. And you got um, out of Kansas. Now, I used to a both FIT alum. Yes. Alumni. Went to FIT. Alum. The, I was in the home products development and marketing major, which was amazing. Um, that school is so great because it has so much industry support. So, you know, you're not getting someone, you know, some 65-year-old professor in the Midwest teaching from a, you know, textbook and has never actually done these things yes, true. that's the cool thing about FIT is it's like you know half of my teachers were people who worked in the industry but they loved students and so they would teach one class a week or one class I'm sorry one class a semester um, so it was really it's really an amazing school in that way that you know the industry whatever industry you're in there's tons of industry involvement um, you know because you're in the heart of it all in, in New York I think that's so important as well because then it's like it, the the curriculum is very current with what's yes. actually happening in the world. That's true. Yeah. You know, I'd like to teach a class at FIT. Well, you are connected with FIT. I am. And we should teach a class, Aaron. Let's do it. I mean, that would be great. I think that would be super fun. in life and business. Yes, and, and still succeed <laughs> in spite of ourselves. I, after I graduated a couple times, I went back and spoke and I, I cannot imagine being a college professor because the kids like literally they just sit there and they're like when you're talking and then you're like asking if there's any questions or like I'm like I oh, know. God. I'm like and I the second time I did it I said to my professor I'm like how do you do this I'm like they're literally it's like talking to a wall he was like welcome to my life <laughs> I know terrible oh my god so wait so let's just do it what was your first job oh my god well, I wanted to work like literally from the time I was seven, I think. Um, like first job out of college. Oh, my first job out of college. I think my first job ever. My first job, well, my, well, my first job while I was in school was I started my own company, Sauve, New York, the betting company. And that's where Margaret and I met because I had a booth at the gift shows. And Wait, Mar that was your first job? That was your first company? Yeah. I didn't know that. that. Yeah, I started it when I was a junior in college at FIT. What was it called? Sauve? Sauve, New York. Remember the decorative pillows? Yes, I do remember that. I didn't know that was your first company ever. Yes, darling. That was my first one. And I, so I did, I had that company for three years. And um, the first year I did $35,000 in sales. The second year I did three hundred fifty thousand, And the third year I did over a million dollars in sales selling to... Fancy pants. Um, ABC Carpet, Neiman, Saks, Harrods, Robin Stuckey, a bunch of other. Um, and then 9-11 happened. And then I was in a store in, in New York City buying trim for some of the pillows. And this woman that owned it was this company called Tinsel Traders, which I don't, I think they moved no, to San Francisco. I don't, I'm not sure they're there anymore. I remember that. But she was always like, bring in some of your fabrics, bring in some of your fabrics. And I one day finally brought them in and this woman was in there looking at them 
with the owner saying like, oh, these are so great. These are so great. You should come work with us. And I was like, who? And she goes, oh, no, no, you, you wouldn't be interested. It's like, it's a bunch of, you know, mass market crap. You wouldn't be, and I'm like, no, I'm like, who do you work for? And she was like, no, 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 you wouldn't be interested. And I'm like, she's like, your stuff is so beautiful. I'm like, who? She was like, she's like, I'm, I work for Martha Stewart. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? And uh, so like, at the time I had my own company, but then 9-11 happened. Like I met her in July and then 9-11 happened. And then the next day after 9-11, order cancellations were coming through the fax machine. And I was looked at my business partner. I was like, we both can't take a salary. Like, I don't know, like we had no idea what was going to happen. So I pursued the job at Martha Stewart and I got hired there to be a designer for their collection, signature collection, which was really, I mean, this was in like 2001. So it was this whole decorating system that was basically, you know, you get a, have a catalog and it was like, whatever was on the page, the paint was by Sean Williams, the fabric was by P. Kaufman, the furniture was Bernhardt, all of the flooring was Shaw. So it was this whole decorating system and it was like, you know, decorating for dummies. And it, like on the, each page it listed like, this is everything in, in there. So you could create that in your own home, which, you know, in 2001 was very forward thinking now. Yes. Know, Green and Lily, Restoration Hardware, like all of those people, it's pretty much what they're doing now. Yeah, um, you guys were the first. Yeah. So I, that was like the most, like, dream, dream, beyond dream job. I like, like, literally thought I had won the lottery. And I, I did. It was so much fun. I mean, I was such a geek. I would go to sleep at night. I'd be like, hurry up and fall asleep. Hurry up and fall asleep so you can go to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And on Sunday nights, I'd be like, oh, okay, go to sleep, go to sleep, because next week you get to go back to work. And it was like, it was the most unbelievably magical, coolest place, like the most talented people in every department, whether it was in, you know, the photo shoots, the, the styling that was happening, the product design, the package design, the graphic designers, the like everything you were like constantly walking around and people were working on stuff and you would just be like, oh, oh, like, oh my, like every, like you would be passing the aisles and you were just like, the, the stuff was just blew your mind. Cause it was a magnet for the most creative and most talented people in whatever field it was. So it was, and the people were just like super cool, um, fun, fun group of people. It was a really, 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 really fun time. You know, your first job, you, you think that things are stressful and they're, you know, oh, this or that and my boss or, uh, you know, this could be better or that could be better. But it was like, if your first job, if you really just enjoy it, like that's when you have the least amount of stress, you have the least amount of pressure on you um, and just enjoy the job and take it all in and just learn everything. And that's, I really used that and like absorbed all around me each of the executives and when I was in meetings of like who does stuff really excellently and who I thought could do things better. And it was just from my perception and tried to really model those things of like, as my career went on of, of thinking how people handled certain situations with vendors and um, uh, licensing partners. So it was yeah. like, it was like going to getting my master's degree in business and design. Oh, that was that. that was great. Well, I mean, Martha Stewart's an absolute genius. She, she still is. is. Now, was it confusing because you are Aaron Stewart at Martha Stewart? Were yeah, people do. like, "This is nepotism"? He's a family member. Still, to this day, people still. I mean, here people still think that I'm her, either her son or her nephew. And it was hilarious because when I had a my Amex card was like. Aaron Stewart, Martha Stewart living on the media. So I would hand my card to pay and people would be like, thank you. And they're like, <laughs> 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 right, just like I know you're, you're cute little face. You face like, let them believe. Someone's like, are you related? And I'm like, and I, I would always be, I'm like way too honest. I'm like, no, 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 it's just that, you know, similar name. But then this guy that I was traveling with one time, somebody asked me and he was like, he's actually not supposed to say, he was like, Aaron, don't, you're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> I know, that is so good. That's so good. Now, what, what made you leave Martha Stewart? Because I really, so at Martha Stewart, it was, you know, it was licensing. So it was us working with the, the partners and giving them designs and concepts. You know, we were never 
the ones going to the factories. We were never the ones traveling, you know. I know that's what it is. I mean, I try to explain to people licensing all the time. You're not doing the manufacturing. It's just right. your label, just your brand. You guessed giving direction. I, direction. I really wanted to be able to travel. So I got a job offer from Safara, the luxury bedding company. And I became, started as a design director there and then became the creative director and was there for seven and a half years. And I traveled the world. I mean, talk about, you know, coming from Kansas. When I was at Martha Stewart, I went to London for a, my first time out of the country at, I don't know, it's like 25, I think. Um, and then the next seven and a half years, I mean, I was everywhere. It was like, I went to Italy like four times a year and, you know, Paris and London and, you know, Asia and India and China. It was like traveled around the country. So you know, after seven and a half years of traveling, like not, I mean, some of these trips were like three weeks long, which yeah. like, that's rough. A three week trip, you come home and you have like a thing yeah. of mail like this. I mean, back when you used to get mail. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was amazing. It was like so awesome to be able to travel and experience the world. It was funny. I, this is totally random. When I, I was signing on the Facebook the first time and whatever, like 2005, six, seven, I don't know. And I was thinking in my head like, Oh, I haven't been to that many places. And I, on my work computer, I had all of my photos. So it was like uploading like photos from travel. And I was like, Oh my God, I've actually been quite a few places, <laughs> but it wasn't until that moment that I realized how much, traveling I had actually done that you appreciated so, it yeah, yeah I know which is which is so fun uh, let's talk about the sheets a little Sparrow Brothers yes what thread count do you think is the best thread count mm -hmm. people like to know about sheets you know the tough thing is okay. people think the higher the thread count is the it means that it's a better sheet that's not true it, it's what I always tell people is you know there's a reason why you go into a Bed Bath & Beyond and there's a thousand thread count sheets for $29.99. Like, you can't possibly like think that that's a good deal, <laughs> that it's gonna be something nice. Um, I always say to people, because Severa has thousand, thousand thread count sheets, but an entire set of those sheets is gonna you know, run you probably $3,000. Um, I always say to people, unzip, unzip the package in the store, feel it. If it feels nice and soft in the packaging, great buy it. But just because it says it's 600 thread count, 700 thread count, a thousand thread count, and you open up and you, in the store and you feel it and it feels scratching rough and you're like, oh, I'll wash it a couple times. It'll soften up. Yes, sheets soften up, but they soften up after like a hundred washes, not after three. So I personally love Safara's Celeste sheet. It's a 406 thread count. Um, it's a percale. It's been their best selling sheet forever. And I think in the luxury space, it's the best value for a luxury sheet. They have other sheets, which there's one called Giza 45, which is the longest staple cotton yarn. And the thing with cotton when you're making, so the staple that you buy, the different, the longer the, the longer the length of the staple, the finer you can spin the yarn because the longer, you know, you put fiber together and then you twist it, but the longer it is, the thinner you can make it. So it, the Giza 45s are very fine, soft sheet, um, very very lightweight. So that's my second favorite sheet. All right, now do you press your sheets or send them out to be pressed? Because recently we had a guest who was like, it is life-changing. Wash your sheets at home, but then send them to be pressed at the dry cleaner. Yes, it's, um, so we had a friend that had a house upstate in New York and she had all of her sheets pressed and they would actually, the pillowcases she would have starched. And I mean, it's like staying at a five-star hotel. It's, it is life-changing. I think that's a nice treat. Yes, I just send my sheets out also. But I'm gonna start sending my sheets out all the time. But you know, the, what we, we're super spoiled. We have a cleaning lady four days a week here. Um, Cause we have two dogs. I call her our uh, nanny for our dogs, Cooper and Cooper. Yeah, but does she iron the sheets? She does. Well, she, iron, she irons the, the pillowcases and starches them. And then she irons the top third of the flat sheet and she doesn't iron the fitted sheet. Um, but it, it's, I mean, depends how far you want to take it. Um, in New York, we used to send our sheets out to have, uh, I didn't, my husband used to send them out to have them press. Um, so we used, 
the only thing with that is if you have white sheets, it can start, they can start yellowing. So you have to be- If you're pressing, they could start yellow, yellowing? Yeah, because the, the starch, you know, you have like a, a white blouse or something, you don't want to send it to the dry cleaner that much because it starts changing color. But you can have, tell them you want them to bleach them if they start getting a little yellow, that the dry cleaner can do that. But yes, that's, that's pure luxury, sweetie. I know, I sent my, yes, I sent my shoes out to be pressed. I mean, oh, I, I feel like I wanted it to be different. I have a toddler in my bed, so I'm not sure what a luxury experience I'm getting with Nino in my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be a good idea to send the shoes out. You know, the other thing that makes it a really amazing experience is you, it's so funny, I was, we were just finishing all these accessories for a project today, and I was taking one of our designers through like how to set a bed and like I know like the back of my hand but a lot of people don't know how to set a bed and I was telling her like okay you need a mattress pad and she was like what she was like okay maybe maybe not I'm like no I'm like that's like having on like proper underwear like you have to like you have to have a mattress pad and one that has like a not necessarily a mattress topper but something that is plush and thick for the mattress pad it's like life-changing you're like crawling into a cloud it's the company's Yes, the, and the company store has some amazing uh, options for uh, for pillow m mattress pads that also like mattress pad pillow topper combos. Oh, I like so, it. I'm gonna order that then, Aaron's store. You gotta get it. So I'll now see. you guys have the most fabulous, insane, creative interior design company. You do tremendous, multi, multi, multi million dollar projects. Because you met your husband, Fernando, and he was, was he an interior design at that point? No, we, um, it's actually interesting. So when I met my husband, he was working for, um, Ralph Thorne? No? No, Hickey Freeman. He, Hickey they, Freeman, that's right. Hickey Freeman, the way he says it. Yeah, there was a, they had a younger brand called Hickey, which was this super cool, um, brand, but after, like, 2008, you know, when all of the world, imploded the financial system it they closed that brand so then he started he was working for tory birch he was a regional manager there for a while and um i'm the one that talked him in he's from puerto rico uh originally he didn't want to move back here i talked him into it and we have like our interior design business open and, and not because we were like oh we're gonna move there and open a store and an interior design business it just like happened, like people came into the store and they're like, oh, this is so amazing. You know, can you help us with our living room? Can you help us with that? So it's like, you know, it starts small and it just gets, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I always say to people, interior design projects are like the movie, the movie a, a Beautiful Mind where he has that wall with all those photos and there's string attaching to everything. Like that's an interior design project. Everything goes backwards and forwards and upwards and down. It's like, you make one slight miscalculation, you like you could have some custom piece coming that's tens of thousands of dollars that has to be, you know, cut down or sent back or re I mean, we had to have, we had a, someone one time, she missed, she sent the wrong drawings for this uh, TV unit to be made. It was $15,000. We had to have the thing remade for $15,000. So if you want a $15,000 TV unit, I have one that I can sell you. <laughs> <laughs> Brown. Brown. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, you know, people are like, oh, it must be so glamorous. You're picking fabrics. It's like the, the picking fabrics and design element portion of it is like 15%. The other, you know, 85% is doing the work and making sure that, you know, the drawings are correct and the build outs happening correct. And that the, you know, the light switches are in the right place. Oh, you know, all of those things are, the plug is in the right place because the, whatever the lamp that was going to be here, like the cord, there's a junction box and it has to be hidden. So it's like all, like every single thing, there's something attached to it. So it, it's, it's a lot. It's a and lot. managing the contract is too, as well. It's like the, right. the, the timelines and keeping people on, on task. Yes. We're and not good at that. Hence the task I mean, is you, not finished. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's getting better though. It's getting better. So yeah. you've had a lot of different parts of design in your life. And then you decided you know, the pandemic was, you know, got your creative juices going again. You decided, let me do Porticoco. 
Wait, hold on a second. You guys are wearing like matching tie dye. I'm just seeing this. I, 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 didn't, never I didn't even realize it. La, it's, is it National Tie Dye Day? It is. That's right. It's actually um, just we left something pink in the wash of pink sock and a gray sock. <laughs> it happens. I know. Um, yeah, so I was, we had a store. We were in the middle of moving it the summer before Maria to a new location. The new location flooded because of Maria, so we decided to just focus on interior design. So we focused on that for the three years. And then last January, I was in the process of reopening the store and working on that. And then the pandemic hit. So then I, the week before the entire world shut down, I was in Walgreens down here. And at, and at that time, they were saying like, oh, it's not going to come to Puerto Rico once it, once it gets into air that's above 70 degrees or 70 degrees that the heat will kill it immediately so like we don't have anything to worry about that's what everyone was saying here but but then i was like mm, maybe maybe not so i go to walgreens you know march the second week of march buying cleaning products and i'm standing in the aisle in front of the purell and the germex at walgreens and i was thinking and i knew at that moment in my gut we were going to be using this stuff for a long time so i was like why is this stuff so ugly? And it looks like it came out of a hospital supply closet. Yeah. And it was like my <laughs> aha moment of like, I need to like reinvent this category and, you know, have it be, and I, and all those like little bottles that are single use bottles. I mean, there's so much plastic and so much stuff that we throw away that it's like, it just like, if you pay attention to the amount of stuff that you throw away in a week, I mean, I have really, from doing this project and, you know, everything that we do is good for the earth and we make sure that it's, uh, using recycled products or something that can be recycled or what's the you know different way of, of of thinking of doing these products that it's not the you know it's not your mother's hand sanitizer <laughs> so you know making sure that we're we're doing the right thing for the environment um and that's kind of like really how the whole idea happened and i came home and i called a couple of my friends i'm like i have this idea what do you think and they're like, oh my god i love it it's amazing so then it was learning an entire new industry because it's totally different from home. I mean, in the home industry, if you buy a set of dishes or a set of sheets from a factory, wherever, like they, you order it, you tell them the packaging, everything, but they, you know, they make the ceramic dish, they glaze it, they put a decal on it, they put it in a box, they put a label on it. They, you know, in the beauty industry, it's like you buy the containers from one person, if the container needs a sticker, you have to buy the sticker from someone else. The box, you buy from a box manufacturer. Then whatever you're putting inside the container comes from someone else. So then you have to send it. If you The filler sometimes is the one who makes the goop that goes inside whatever you're doing, but sometimes yeah. you're buying it from someone else. So then you have to find a third party that you send everything to, and then they're assembling it. But then sometimes they won't put it in the box. You have to send it to someone else to put it in the box. It's like that's it's, it's wild. It's totally so. It was it was really learning a, a totally new industry, which I totally loved, and I've found some amazing people that were amazing mentors over the last year, and really um, someone you could talk through ideas with. And like one of the gentlemen, he's thirty five years experience that we bought all of the containers from, and he really knows the industry inside and out. So it was awesome to brainstorm with him and say, you know what about this? And he's like, mm, I'm not sure if that, maybe if we did this. So it's great to be able to, to, to brainstorm. I, I love working on projects in groups because I think it helps make the, the end product even better. Um, so that's, that's what I worked on. I mean, we were, we weren't allowed to leave our house for like two and a half months. So it was like, like we, we couldn't go for a walk. We couldn't go for a run. We couldn't go do anything. So that's where I came up with the idea for Porto Coco. No, what I love about Portococo is the whole thing is that it's refillable. Mm -hmm. You don't throw out the container. It's you can find it in your bag because it's brightly colored. The containers look very high end and glamorous. It's fragrance free, and I think that's that's the great thing about it that you came up with something like this. And I think you could also, you know, what you and I have discussed is just like people could customize it for your larger accounts. But I love that you reinvented yourself because it was times and necessity. And I think that's what's inspiring yes. to people. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and I wanted to, the solution is made in Puerto Rico. That was something that was important to me that we, part of it was made here. And the <clears throat> solution is made by this amazing uh, manufacturer. He is a 
doctorate in chemistry as an uh, MBA from Stanford University, second generation running his family's company. Um, it's a plant-based alcohol, no bad harsh chemicals in there. It's all made with good chemicals to make a, a nice solution that, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't dry your hands out because it's made with a plant-based alcohol. It's not made with ethyl alcohol, which is similar to the alcohol you drink. That's why all of the distilleries were making uh, sanitizer because that's with the ethyl alcohol. The, the isopropyl alcohol is the one that they use in hospitals. That's the one that dries your hands out and has a much um, stronger alcohol smell to it. Um, and then we have- like, we like ethyl. So technically I could drink this if I get desperate is what you're saying. <laughs> Good, but actually, I, but that's, it was funny because I asked the manufacturer, I'm like, he was like, this is, I'm like, can I drink this? And he was like, you could. He goes, but we add an extra chemical into it to make it taste bad so people don't do that. Oh, that's smart. That's yeah. smart. Because maybe I would get desperate in times. Exactly. I, well, I mean, could happen. you know, you have people over, you're having a couple cocktails and then you're like, shit, like I'm out of vodka. It's, you know, 10 o'clock. I'm not going to drive out. But like, hold on. I got a gallon of port I got the hand sanitizer. It's not a bad idea. Put it over ice. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Much. Yes. I know you'll use a hair story. Oh, hair story. I love it because you know why? It feels like conditioner when you put on your hair and it doesn't suds, but it's shampoo. You know what the best thing is? We we chemically treat our hair a lot. No, we're naturally <laughs> this blonde. We don't chemically treat our hair. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And in regular shampoos, there are the same chemicals and detergents as in some household cleaning products, but not in hair story. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's so many damaging chemicals, uh, sulfates, parabens, all these terrible things. And hair story is sulfate free. And my hair stays so nice and smooth. And the good thing about it is too, it doesn't matter what kind of hair type you have, whether your hair is curly, whether it's straight, whether it's prone to be frizzy, whether it's colored, whether it's gray, it works for everybody. And they have a couple of different options. There's a rich wash, there's a new wash, and they work for everyone. I know. I think you will absolutely love Hair Story because it's from the creators of Bumble and Bubble. Yes. You guys need to go to hairstory.com and use our promo code to get 15% off your first purchase. So use promo code caviar to get 15% off your first purchase. That's hairstory.com, H-A-I-R-S-T-O-R-Y.com and use our code caviar to get 15% off hairstory.com. But I just want to be clear. Fernando, your husband's still doing the interior design and yes. you've branched off and now you're doing Portacogo. Correct. I'm I'm still I'm still involved with the design, but on the, the back end, I'm not part of the day-to-day. -day. Um so I that was the thing. The day-to-day -day was what made me crazy because you know, you're trying to where's the wallpaper guy? Where's the guy that's supposed to hang the curtain? You know, and it's, there's always like, oh, my car, this, or my dog died, or my, my, and here, everyone's in the ICU. Nobody can ever just be like, oh, like, my daughter's sick, I have to take care of her. My daughter's in the ICU. Everybody's always in the ICU. I've never, ever, I've <laughs> known two people that have been in the ICU. Like, one was in the, when I was in, like, high school, like, he got into an accident, and, like, my uncle was in the ICU because he had a, like, massive heart attack, but that's the only time here, like, in the last week, I probably heard four people be in the ICU. So, um, <laughs> and so it, you like, I've come here as a, like a New Yorker, and I'm like this, you know, like somebody told me they're going to be somewhere at nine. I expect them to be there at nine, not at eleven. So I'm only involved with the back end with the design, like I, this with this large three-story uh, in-house we're working on. So I'm doing all the accessories and the bedding and everything for the kitchen and the drapery and the fabrics and the wall colors. Because all of the furniture, like my husband's much better with the furniture and space and walking in somewhere and saying like, oh, like we could put, you know, a sofa here and this or three chairs in a circle and we could put, you know, he, he like is like with his hands and, and I'm walking in being like, okay, like I, I can get where he's coming from. But for me walking into a totally empty shell is like, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go. You guys figure this out. Like this is totally overwhelming to me. Um, but what I love is color and pattern and texture. And I'm, I'm a te I love textile. So I love going to the, um, the showrooms here that have all of the different textiles from Kravit and the Jofa and you know, Kelly Wurstler and um, wallpaper and looking at all that stuff is what makes me excited. 
And it's so fun. I, I, I definitely get that. But like, I think I prefer the accessorizing and like the finishing details and the styling as opposed to the figuring things out because it's so easy to make mistakes. Yes, it's very easy. We've made mistakes. Maybe yeah. Too many. Well, well, maybe. well, one of them is a massive cupboard in the office that we thought was tiny. Well, I thought it was tiny and so did the girls in the office. And we ordered it and it came and we were like, holy fuck, this is massive. We could hide seven people in here, but now we're stuck with it. So we have a massive covenant. Well, Lexi office. thought it was expensive considering she, she goes, it's a little expensive for its size, but then yeah. it came in, it was massive. So it was So fine. it actually was the right price. Maybe not the right shape for the space. What are some of the most, um, you know, common mistakes you see when you walk into people's houses in interior design? One of the things that makes me crazy is People here in Puerto Rico use teeny tiny little rugs. Like you come into a house with like a grand living room and they have like a five by seven. And I'm like, this is like a Malibu Barbie rug. Like what? Like Yes. <laughs> I think in general, people fuck up with the rugs. Yeah. I think a rug should be, it shouldn't take up the whole entire room, but it should be grand and large. That's, the, you know, the reason that you have them. And a nice thick pad to go underneath it like that makes me crazy when you go to people's house and you walk on a rug on the, the rug and it kind of like slides on the floor because there's mm -hmm. not a rug mat underneath it um one it's like you're gonna slip and break your neck but the other is like you know if you're barefoot and you're walking you want you know something soft to step your feet on it's true now i heard wall-to-wall -wall carpeting is making a comeback have you heard this um i have not heard that but we you know it's like it's that whole thing it's like cyclical so it's like you know the eight the 70s and 80s like sunken living rooms are back oh, that's, yes. so i i could definitely see that i mean we're definitely we're not necessarily doing wall-to-wall -wall carpeting because it, it's puerto rico like everything is tile um so or like stone or a, a ceramic but we every space we do we put large rugs because i think it just helps make it feel more homey and um, and not, you know, cavernous. And you have to custom make these large rugs because I find it hard to find a very large rug. Uh, depends on the space. We have one space now that's like a weird shape. The the room is like square, but the the building turns. So we just decided we're gonna have a custom made carpet. And I always it needs to be at least a foot away from the wall all the way around. Otherwise. You know, that's the thing when you walk into a room and it's too big and it's like an inch away from the wall, like it shouldn't be that. It should be, you should have a little bit of breathing room away from the wall. Got it. Got it. I have a hard time finding 12 by 18s. That's, that's a, yes. The, the bigger you go, the harder, <clears throat> the harder it is. So there's a lot of great um, custom programs like that. You can go to a lot of, there's a lot of great call it broad loom where it's like it's you know it's four walled wall carpet so it's 12 feet wide but then you know they have a roll of it so you can make it in any size you want or you know do what we layered look where you put something like a sisal down and then you put another carpet on top of it so if you're not able to get the rug the size you want but you find one that you that you love <coughs> then you can still have the rug take up the room but you're able to have something decorative and then something a little more simple I like that idea. That's a good idea. Layered rugs are very happy. Yeah. I'm into that. I like a layered rug. So, Aaron Storch, do you, tell me, what do you see for yourself in the next 10 years? You're going to grow Puerto Coco. Do you see yourself coming back to the States? Because, you know, you, you've done, you've taken a lot of leaps of faith, and I think that's inspirational to other people. Yeah, you know, I really, I love it down here in Puerto Rico. I mean, I growing up in Kansas and living in New York, you know, for almost like 19 years, I love the change of seasons. And I, I thought, you know what, like I would, I could never live somewhere that has one season. And I, let me tell you, I love living in a place that has one season. I will never ever live through another Northeast winter again. It's just okay. like February, like February begin, you know, you, December is usually not that cold, but then January's cold and then you, February you're like ah and then it's like March you're like oh it's gonna be warm and like New York doesn't get warm until like end of April so you're just like miserable and freezing your butt off and you know 300 pounds of sweaters and you walk into a store and you take everything off and then you're holding all of your coats and your sweaters and your scarves like that's not 
it's one thing to take a trip during the winter and be somewhere for five days, but it's great to come back to 85 degree weather. Um, okay, so you're going to stay in Puerto Rico. I see what's going on here. That's so good. I'm still going to buy the house next to you. And, um, okay, fine. All right. I mean, you were going to eventually come back here. So tell me, like, what can you, what advice, What because we say entrepreneurial, we're very entrepreneurial. What entrepreneurial advice could you give to someone? Just don't, don't think about it. I mean, I came up with the concept of Portococo and was like, ordering products like i started talking about it in, in march and i was like placing orders in june like uh, a friend of mine when i announced that this is what i was doing because i didn't tell anyone especially i didn't tell my mom because my mom would have been calling me every day like did you get samples did you get samples did you get samples i'm like mom like could you stop asking me every day like what's going on so i specifically didn't tell her until it was ready to launch but she was like what are you working on because <laughs> i had told my sister-in-law about it and she said something to my mom uh and i wouldn't tell her what was happening um so i when i started telling people what i was doing this friend of mine sent me a message on instagram saying like you're unbelievable i can't believe you i thought i've heard it takes years to start a company i'm like years like what like it doesn't take years you just have to like stop don't think about it just do it like if you have a passion like if you you know, the whole thing of like, oh, I'm trying to save up money to start this or do that. It's like, you got to just rip the bandaid off and go for it. Like, I think that's yes. good advice. Rip the bandaid off. Yeah, it's like whatever, like, you know, be scrappy. You know, I know many people that they like got a credit card that had like, a, you know, now it's like you can get a credit card with $10,000 limit and they've used that to start their business. Or, you know, when I have my company at <clears throat> Sauve, I was in college, I had like literally no money. And I, my first order is from ABC Carpet and I got an order for, it was like $8,000 and my roommate called me, was like, an order just came through on the fax machine from ABC Carpet for $8,000. I was like, oh my God. And like went home and I was like, cool. And she was like, now how are you gonna make this stuff? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm gonna do it. Like, cause I'm like, I know, exactly. $4,000. I mean, I probably had $4 in my bank account at that moment. Um, so there's like micro lending companies um, that can lend you money um, that you you pay back over time. There's also grants. I mean, those take longer, but then, you know, you have to find someone that believes in you and tell them your story and they'll, you know, one of your friends or your family could be an angel investor. Um, it just, the, the one thing that I will say is, you have to find someone that is amazing financial partner with you because if you don't have that, you will go out of business in like two seconds. Like that is the most important thing. We have an unbelievable financial person that is working for us now. I mean, we've gone through and it's taken us a while, but the, the, we've had two people that have worked with us that have been unbelievable and it just helps you sleep better at night. Like, I can tell things from my gut if it feels right or not, but like, I'm not going to sit down and do a, you know, forecast of like where the cash is going in sales. Like that's not my thing. Um, so find a good financial partner and not all accountants know how to do that. I mean, and that was one of the things when I first started out was thinking like, Oh, it's an accountant. Like they can do this. It's like, no, it's a, it is a special skill set to be able to, someone to think big picture most accountants all they want to do is like balance your checkbook at the end of the month it's true by the way like, i agree with you right? like oh no no like i can do this and we can do that and, da, 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 da. and they this big huge like song and dance like have them show you their financial statements have them show you what they've done to show projections or like where's the cash flow like show me your show me cash flow statements you've done for other people like scratch them and then the they say like, oh, it's confidential. I can't say, scratch their name off it. I don't want to see who it is, but just show me your process because people, all accountants will tell you they can do everything and they cannot do everything. And that will kill you because A, you know, you're working for yourself and, you know, when you have a, when you're starting, your company is starting out, you're either swimming cash or you're rubbing nickels together to, to make payroll. And if you have a good financial partner, you will sleep better at night. And that's the worst thing to be stressing over money and be stressing over, you know, this is due or that is due. It's just, it's, 
I agree. It also kills your creative process. It does, because you you're too anxious about other shit. It's true. Now, I'm we stretching. always say that the Marge's success is accredited to her percentage of 50% delusion, delusion to 50% determination. <laughs> what, honey? I will say that Fernando, my husband, is the most tenacious person I have ever met in my entire life. And he is such a hard worker and he is um he's just very determined and he will stay up five days in a row working to get something done whereas i'm a little bit more like ah like i'm going to bed <laughs> so are you in the delusion i'm delusion no i'm more i'm more you know what i am more i know what needs to be and i don't i know what needs to be done to get it done like i don't like, I'm too fucking old. Like, I don't want to overdo shit. And I don't, like, when I was 20 years old, like, I would have stayed up five days in a row to, like, cutting swatches for Sobe and gluing them down and sending them out to clients. Like, I would never, ever do all of that shit now. But, you know, that's, that's a great thing about being young. So, but I know <laughs> you all have energy. But I know what needs to be done. So I, I don't want to over, like, I'm 47 years old. I don't want to overdo things. I want to do what needs to be done. Like, I'll, if I need to stay up all night and do it, I'll do it. But I'm not, I'm not going to do it and do extra stuff just because. Do you know what I mean? Okay, what percentage of delusion are you? What percentage determination? I don't know. I'm probably... I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know what? I'm very... I'm a very determined person. When I have <clears throat> a goal, I to do something like when I was buying my apartment in New York city, I bought it pre-construction. So I had, it was like two years before. So I was like, really like, it was like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm spending my money on. Like, I mean, I was like, I'm not buying extra coffee. I'm not buying like a donut. I'm not like, I'm like, you know, focusing my money to be able to like buy this apartment and all of the stuff that I need to do. So I, I'm a very goal oriented person. If it's just kind of like, whatever like I can definitely sit around and <clears throat> look be on Instagram all day but if there's something that I need to get done and I know I need to get it done because of x I will get it done okay you're 100% confused what's your determination 80% zero percent no I'm, I'm probably, I'm 80, probably say 80 percent determination 80% determination, 20% delusion. 20, 20% I can't remember what the question is. <laughs> That's me. That's it. Okay. Now, we ask everyone also, what was your big girl panties moment? I'm going to ask you, what was your total? We're not in Kansas anymore moment. Yes. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's like so many. Um, All right. Think of, think of one special one. I, I, like, literally, I have, guess I would have to say the my first day at Martha Stewart, I was riding on a private private plane to go visit a a client or a a, a licensing partner. Um, that was like I'd never been on a private plane before, so I was like, <laughs> Teterboro rolling up. It's like wheels up like three minutes after you got there. I'm like, this is living. <laughs> um, and I get uh, probably also the other thing was when I. We got, the, she invited six people from the design team to go to stay at her house in uh, Maine. That was amazing. That was an amazing, amazing, amazing trip. That and house, you had to go there and were you like, oh my God, what gift am I going to bring Martha Stewart to invite me to her house? Because she's Martha Stewart and she has everything. Exactly. Well, I was working for her. So I was like, my presence is gift enough. No, I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I brought. It was, it was super fun. You, what was hilarious was, I have to show you this photo. <clears throat> we were, all of these Christmas decorations were coming in for the Kmart and there were these birds that you're with a wire on their feet to, to, to hook onto a branch. So I took one and all of the photos, I had this bird and I'd be like, there's like a group photo. So I look like a lunatic <clears throat> and everybody's like, oh my God, a bird landed on your finger. I'm like, yes, it's so beautiful up there. <laughs> how, how is Martha? She's great. You know, I always said to people who she liked me, I, because I never got rattled by her. And I would always say to the people that work for me, <clears throat> don't listen to how she says what she says, because 
she doesn't care how she comes across and she has no idea how she comes across. But I said, what she is saying to you, there's a very important message. So come in, if you have an interaction with her and she's telling you something, I said, don't listen to what she's saying. Don't listen to how she says it, listen to what she's saying and come talk to me and we'll like figure it out. Um, yeah, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have a group on for therapy. I'll give you guys one. Um, no, I, I, I liked her and she liked me. So I, you know, I didn't get rattled when she would have one of her moments. And um, she was always super calm, cool. And, you know, I didn't, didn't let her rattle me. So I'd just be like, okay. You know, she would get upset about something. I'd be like, okay, well, we have three choices. Which one do you want? One, two, or three? And she'd be like, two. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I think that's such good advice, though. Don't listen to the delivery. Listen to what's being said, because I think that's a point. People focus on the hysteria. And in any creative industry, there is a lot of hysteria at any given moment. Well, Aaron Stewart. Yes. It was a pleasure having you. From Thank you for finally having me on your podcast. <laughs> from Stuart Rodriguez's home to helping Margaret Josephs do some design in her home. That's right. To